It's Friday. It's just not this Friday. It's last Friday. I'm recording this intro because there's an off chance that I'm going into labor any day now. Um, Maybe a little TMI, but I'm already two centimeters dilated and just hanging out. So I'm sadly missing my dad's 70th birthday with my sisters and their kids in the desert. Bash has given me some form of toddler cold and I just recently moved. So life is a little bit hectic, but as is 2020. So today's episode is a syndicated episode from my friend Kelsey Murphy's podcast, Whiskey and Work. I recorded this episode earlier in the year with Kelsey talking a little bit about the beginning of 2020 and what that has looked like for my family personally. I'll definitely need to do an update to what the back half of the year has looked like for us as well. Like many of you, it's been just a roller coaster of emotions, trials, tribulation, heartache, but it's how we get through it that really matters and how we come together as a community. And I guess always remembering that we never really know what's going on with someone and that Instagram is just a highlight reel. So here's the realness of my life in 2020. This episode was previously recorded with my friend Kelsey Murphy of Whiskey and Work. Definitely take a minute, go check out her podcast. She also hosts a course on how to build your own podcast if you're interested. Let's get started. Hello, Kelly, my love. Hey, Kelsey, what's going on, girlfriend? How are you? Just living day by day, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I probably could have hit record about 30 minutes ago. um, And I'm so glad we're recording now because you have had the most epic year. And everybody knows you from our previous podcast. I've been on your podcast. You've been on mine before. And we've had these fantastic conversations about how you started out in a completely different industry and then uh, kind of paved your way, (laughs) scrappy style in the beginning (laughs) to create this business that now is booming and huge. And it's basically an empire. So I feel like if people want to hear that story, um, just a reminder and a shout out here that we have an incredible podcast episode we recorded back in the day about those very few first few years that you were so lovely and freaking honest on. It was um, amazing. But today... Um, I want to talk about where you are now in this last year specifically because you have had so many incredible things happen in your business and also so many incredible things happen personally to you. I'm wondering if you will take us through um, how the last how how this year has has gone for you. Yeah, it's like 2020 WTF. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know. I'm not really, and you know this personally because we've been friends for a while. I'm I'm really an open book um, when it comes to hanging with girlfriends and really even like with new people that I meet. Um, it just doesn't always feel supernatural to be that way on social. Like mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of people that are like, I just pooped this morning and I got my blood tests and I am uh, in a fight <laughs> with my boyfriend and I like didn't sleep last night and. Um, I don't necessarily ruminate on negativity and things that are going poorly in my life. Um, but we've definitely had like the most challenging year as a family and also the most epic year, um, with, for my business. And so the year started out with launching, um, my second book and getting to go back on GMA. Um, you know, the 29th, I was like in New York, 
December 29th and like flew home for New Year's Eve and camping with my little baby bash and my husband and El Capitan with a group of friends and thinking about all the things that were going to happen that like this year. <laughs> I think like most people. Dreaming about 2020. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I had about a week off before I was headed back to New York to like really kick off my launch party. And in that first week of January, my mother-in-law was playing golf and, um, and she was actually just practice hitting on her, at her golf course. She's one of the healthiest women in my life, um, for her, you know, for her age and her early sixties and lots of friends, lots of social engagements was always talking to me about fiber. You know, her parents didn't, um, they unfortunately both died of cancer and like her, for her, like eating healthfully and like moving her body and like being active and continuing to learn. Like she's just, she's like a beacon of health. Um, but she hit a long drive at the driving range and had an aneurysm and hit the floor and, uh, the grass and her golf pro had to use, um, you know, had to, had to basically like bring her, jolt her back to life. And, um, and she was picked up in the ambulance and drove to Mission Viejo hospital. And, um, I, Chris called me and was like, okay, something happened to my mom. I have to go down. And, you know, I was luckily at home and was like, cleared my schedule and was with Sebastian. And ultimately like she had a major aneurysm that put her into like over hours of, you know, four hours plus of surgery. And we were unsure of her, um, you know, where she would be. And so many things we were being told, like hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst sort of thing. And she was in a coma for like over 25 days in the ICU. So we started our, our year in the ICU and I was out on my book tour, you know, so I had this major, major book tour with William Sonoma. And my husband was literally like dropping bash off with my parents every day. Luckily they could help and sitting by his mom's bedside. And I just like, you know, I am, I basically was like home in Orange County, like not in LA, like with him every day that I could be here taking care of Bash and, um, you know, being with everyone in the waiting room of the hospital and like all her girlfriends would be there. And, you know, you're just like, I'm like trying to like be celebratory of this like amazing, amazing opportunity. And, you know, we were on this precipice of this like awesome seasoning launch that was going to happen at the end of my tour. And, you know, and like, honestly, the whole time I was just like really worried about Marilee and, um, my family and like how my father-in-law would like survive. And, um, yeah, it was like, <laughs> it's like, you really messed up, really, really messed up, you know? And so it was like from ICU and like to, and like a nursing home and like, I mean, she's amazing. Like it just, it was a perfect example of like how someone who takes care of themselves can be so resilient. Like we obviously got very, very lucky, but like, I think her baseline of health was like really there. And like, she has made an absolute miraculous recovery, like, you know, being in a bed for that long and like moving to a nursing home and like moving home for like home care and PT and OT and all of that. Like it was just, it was it felt like we weren't even like really living our real life. Like we were just like, okay. And then, you know, I'm such an open book with my friends. So like, yeah, obviously being on social and being like, hi, like this is, it, it was really weird. And it's like really hard to live two separate lives and to not be like, you guys are all here to like talk about the Fab Four and my like smoothie school. And all I can think about is my mother-in-law, you know, but she, I mean, 
she blew through like every timeline people had for her. She was like walking again. Like she literally was like golfing this summer and driving again. Like it's been an insane, an insane, like, I can't even like, like all my prayers, like all my karma, like all the things, like, I'm just so, so thankful. Cause in that moment you're like, okay, great. Like I wrote a book, like my mother-in-law's literally like, like, we don't know what's going to happen here. And, and so I don't know, like, I think it's, it's interesting. It's like such such a reminder that like people are, people may not be, I mean, some people may be really open about their lives and some people may not be. And they may just like going through like some of the hardest days of their life, you know, and, um, and being, it was important to me to be protective of Chris and his family and his mom, like not knowing what the outcome would be and not knowing where we'd be. And, but like health issues are, people deal with health issues. And it just was a bigger reminder for me that like, your health is your wealth. And like, we need to take care of ourselves so that in the time of trauma or, um, you know, some type of acute situation that if there is a chance for survival, if there is a chance for vitality that we like have given ourselves like the best, you know, the best chance at that. So, um, yeah, she came home, like she came home two days before quarantine started. So it was like almost like a full, you know, it was over two and a half months of time of like working through all that. And, um, and the whole time it's like Chris and I are just juggling bash and where we live and um, making sure that his mom was okay and supported and his dad was okay and supported. And, you know, his dad um, wasn't driving at the time. It's a little bit older. So like, just like getting him rides to the hospital was like a thing. And so it's like, it's been a heavy like start to the year. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, okay, now there's a pandemic and people are dying and everyone's going into hospitals and you have to wipe down your groceries with like, <laughs> antiseptic wipes or you have to, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, of course, like looking at like it now, I'm like, oh, my book tour was canceled. Like, wham. But it's like <laughs> after coming off of everything with Marilee, I was like, okay, 2020, what's next? You know, you're going to yeah. like put my mother-in-law through this. You're going to like, you know, my favorite athlete of all time. Like Chris and I fell in love watching Lakers basketball. Like Ugh. to like w- have the Kobe tragedy happen, to have the pandemic happen, to have Black Lives Matter happen, to like really like ride this, ride this roller coaster and then to get pregnant and um, have not seen my parents or not been able to tell them. And then to come home for Mother's Day and like, I I actually did share this on Instagram because it was my story to share at the time. So if it's something that's like innately me, like I do feel comfortable sharing my experience. Um, And so, uh, you know, I did share this on social, but you know, we get pregnant. We're lucky to get pregnant pretty quickly and pretty easily. Um, But, you know, Bash was my second pregnancy. I had a miscarriage before Bash. And then this time around with with, um, this baby, which would be our second baby, but our third pregnancy... Um, all of Mother's Day weekend, I was bleeding. Like I thought I was having a miscarriage and I hadn't told my parents that we were pregnant. It was like early and we were, we were like excited to like do some fun, really fun reveal for them because of the year everyone's been having. We're like, we can bring some joy, but also like we were in the middle of a really heavy emotional time, you know? So, so this was around May. And so my, we're going to go down for Mother's Day weekend and we pull some luggage out of our 
Chris and I have lived in this lived in this apartment together since like December. It's like November, December of 2011. So we've been in this apartment like from when I started my business, like over eight years. Like love this place and um, go to pull luggage out finally and realize oh there's like black mold in our closet. I'm pregnant. We have a two year old. Has lived in this place. We've been stuck in this apartment without having like access to parks or nature in LA. And we're going to our parents' house. So we're pulling the luggage out and we see it. And I'm like, we can't live here anymore. <laughs> so we got to move. <laughs> and, and it was like from seeing the mold and the wall and Chris being like, should we sleep on it? Should we talk to the landlord? Should we get it tested? And I'm like, I'm pregnant and we have a two-year-old. Mold's in her yeah, apartment. Nope. Like... Mm-hmm. We like, it's a pandemic. We don't have enough space. We've been talking about buying a house. We can't buy a house right now. Obviously, like it's, it's, I'm not going to be pressured into buying a house in like a week, but we need to like, just pivot. And so we found a new apartment. It's fully furnished. It looks like I live at a Tommy Bahama store and (laughs) it's available. It was available to us for six months. And it was like, we pulled a major audible, but like we were touring this apartment and I'm in tears being like, I'm pretty sure I'm having a miscarriage. Like, and my mom was just like, something's up with you. Like, why are you so like emo basically? And I told my mom and my sister who was like there at my parents' house for Mother's Day weekend. I have two sisters, but one was there. But like the way I told them I was pregnant was like being like, well, I was pregnant or I think I'm pregnant. I'm probably not pregnant. I think I'm having a miscarriage. But like you were going to be an anti times too, <laughs> you know, like it was just oh, God. such a like failure to launch, you know, and such a just complete <laughs> disaster. And luckily, like I, my doctor was like, well, let's just come in. And I went in and like the heartbeat was there. And I was very, very, very lucky. And she's like, this sort of happens with a lot of people in their first trimester. And this is like the first thing for me where, where I was like, wait a second, there's so much about like pregnancy, pregnancy, nutrition, like pregnancy in general, the side effects, the good, the bad, the ugly. Like I had such an easy pregnancy with Sebastian, but obviously I'd had a miscarriage before that like I felt like I needed to create a product or like some educational tools around it. So, I mean, like personally looking at at like what we went through from the first week of January to like what we went through as a nation, as a world, but like what we personally layered on top of that leading up until... I would say like Memorial Day weekend it was like all pretty heavy. Kelly, I, I like, I, I can't even like going back to that January, just being there, like imagining what that would have been like for you and Chris, like you and Chris having those conversations in the middle of like trying to not only celebrate something, but just do something, stay committed to, you know, you're launching a book, like, and and a really important book and something that you'd been loving up on for so long and dreaming about just a week before that, you know, and this whole launch, like, what, what, what were those conversations like with you and Chris? Like, what was kind of like your mantra or like your point of view? Like, were you guys just like, she would want us to keep going. She would want us to be doing this. Like, how did you pull yourself out of that? Cause you and Chris are incredibly close, like, and your families are incredibly close and there's so much love there. Like, like an insane amount of like love and partnership there. Like I I can't imagine how you pulled yourself away from that 
to be as present as you were during that book tour? Because if anybody watched, um, if anybody saw you doing the book tour at Williams-Sonoma, like they would have been like, this girl's on fire. You know, like she's great. She's happy. She's awesome. I can't even imagine how that felt inside. Yeah. I mean, what's really heartbreaking is that, I mean, some people know this and some people don't, is Chris is my ghostwriter. Like he's my co-writer. He writes my books with me and he was an attorney and, you know, he's written a screenplay and he's writing some children's books right now, but he like spent a year and a half writing Body Love Every Day with me. Like he knows the science because he edited it and helped me like make sentences out of run on paragraphs. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and so it was just as heartbreaking for me as it was for him, but it was about that. It was like, I was like, I'm canceling New York. I don't need to have this party. Like, but and I mean, it was immediate to me that like our our priorities were our family, you know, and like that we, we it just it's just pure clarity. Like none of that stuff matters when someone's ill or that when you um, are going through something really difficult. And there were things that like you know I'm like obviously sad that Chris didn't attend my LA launch party, but it's like I would have felt guilty if he wasn't next to his mom's bedside. Like there's, and so there were conversations around that. And Marilee has such an amazing group of friends. Like I remember in February, I had uh, my, um, I had my uh, South Coast Plaza launch, which is like our Orange County, big Orange County mall. And where we, where I grew up, like buying my like homecoming dresses and (laughs) um, uh, all my like, you know, prom dresses and whatnot. And their Williams Sonoma is in Crystal Court. And all of her, Marilee had gotten all of her friends to buy tickets to this event and they were all coming together and like, they all came and they like brought Marilee's ticket and they got her book and like, you know, took a picture with me and were there for me, you know? And it's like, I, Chris was always like, my mom would not want you to not celebrate this. My mom would not want you to not go. Like she would feel horrible if you weren't there, you know, but it's, everything was like timelines were shortened, like week long trips to New York were 24, 48 hours. Like I just couldn't, you can only put in that like jolt of energy and that jolt of like, it's not that I was faking it. Like I just had to, I had to compartmentalize it. Like I had to Mm -hmm. be in a place where I was like, she would want me to do this. He wants me to do this. He worked his ass off. So did I like, we both did like this needs to happen for her in, in for Chris, no matter what. And, um, I think we are like really, uh, understanding of one another, really supportive of one another. And obviously we were just really heartbroken with what we were going through, but I couldn't in my right mind, like be in New York for two weeks, you know, and like continue that with that type of, it just would be wearing on me. Like it just had to be like little, it had to be abbreviated trips and it had to be where I could really focus on what she would want for us and what, you know, how Chris deserves me to get out there and like work to like sell the book and promote the book for our family. Cause it's our livelihood, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I I also love that you guys um, that you were able to have that conversation though, and and I feel like this is just such good advice for people that are going through things right now because I think that what you're talking about 
like on top of everything going on in the world right now, which is so significantly deep and hard and anxiety ridden and can throw us into like the most anxiety or the most oppressive state we have ever felt in our entire lives, like just by what's going on in the world in a very reactive state. And then you put on top of that, like things that are happening to us personally, like there's so many people probably listening right now that, I mean, I feel like I've been in tears like 19 times in in like this last 20 minutes that we've talked because I have felt that with people that I've lost this year, like people that were family to me, people, you know, like so many devastating things we're going through this year. And this idea that you and Chris could have this connective conversation that was like, we're not stopping. It doesn't mean you stop on your dreams. It doesn't mean you stop, but it does mean you you abbreviate it. You you get full clarity of like where the priority is. And and I love that you're you changed, you know, five day trips to 24 hour trips. So you were still there. You were still moving forward. You were still doing what you got, your gift. You were still sharing your gift and you didn't stop. You didn't give up. Um, you and you sounds like you kind of did it in honor of her. You know, like you had almost a deeper why, like, um, and someone kind of chan- you could channel through. Um, but but you also you also were able to take a step back and look at each other and say like this is collectively what we want to do as a team as a family moving forward. Yeah, I think um, what's so interesting is like I needed Chris's permission for that. Like I -hmm. needed, you know, I needed it's, he is the most intimately affected by this situation. I've obviously like been with him since I was a baby. Like we've been together since 2007. So, um, Marilee is the second mom to me and I'm very like tightly connected to her. And so it was obviously a lot for our, our family to go through, but it's, um, it, it also really helped us just showed Chris and I, like every time we go through trauma, whether that's um, Sebastian's birth um, and there have been, you know, like last year, my father-in-law had a number of strokes and um, and then my mother-in-law started the year with an aneurysm. Like my, my mom had breast cancer. Like there are a lot of things that we've gone through together that maybe isn't public knowledge on Instagram, but that has taught Chris and I a lot about being a team and communicating and prioritizing and knowing that like our little unit and the livelihood of our little unit has to do with our kids now too. And, and it is equally as important to make sure that we're protecting their future and working hard for their future. And then also remembering like what our parents need from us, which is like support and love and understanding, but also what they would want from us, which is to continue to, do what they did for us, which was build a future for us and provide for us. And, and so it was weird. It was like the year started out and it's like, okay, I launch a book. I launch a podcast. Like I have all this like juju around like my, around my launch and my book tour. But then I have this like layered responsibility of, of really focusing, really focusing on what's important, which is family. And like, almost like ancillary refocus on how am I providing a future for my family? And it's given me like layer on top of that being quarantined and not having a number of events that you feel obligated to attend. It's been like the most explosive year 
like energetically. I just think like the number of events and things that have happened this year, it feels like five years like squished into a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, the fact that you guys had such an, I, I, I mean, the, I, I, like, I just, I, I'm a little bit speechless to be honest, because when I think about that January for you, like, I mean, I'm just going back to a, like about a year ago when thinking about when things happened with Colin's dad and uh, like the devastation that we felt and and how you navigate and and continue to to operate and move forward and move towards goals that you're just like, are these goals even important? You, I mean, you second guess everything when these things happen. And when you come to that full clarity of like, not only are these important for us as individual humans, but they are important for um, the life that we want to create for our kids. And and they do allow us to thrive with our gifts. And that is what, you know, that is what our moms and dads would want us to do, you know, like, but you have to come to that, like it, that, that grief that you start to go through, it does that does not come right away. You know, like you have this this clarity of like like you are what's important. Like I feel like it's an instant clarity of like I know exactly what's important, um, and it's family. You know, and it's being there, and it's love and support. Period, unconditional, hands down. But then it's like, then how do you move on and navigate the rest of of your life? You know, with that, and and I know that I I just that was so hard for me. To, to come to grips as to what that looked like technically. Like how many hours does that mean I actually spend now um, on my work or doing things? Um, but I remember in that moment, r- recognizing, looking at my business model and things for me, it was so clear that I wanted to shift things. Like it was so clear that I wanted to scale my business in a different way. I wanted to create... Uh, like an independence and still be impactful and still be connected to humans and to these people that I loved and my clients, but to do it in a different way, like with online platforms and and courses and and ways that could scale my business and create more financial independence and freedom. Um, and that for me this last year has just been so significant. Um, and I know that that for you just, I mean, that went off the the rails for you in a bananas good way for like the courses that you've put out, the reviews, the amount of people that have jumped on that. And just in the last six months alone, like has been insane. Um, And I know we've talked about this offline as well, but I'm curious from like an emotional standpoint, did like you shift your priorities to focus and like, like, double down on that and like make that happen because you've been talking about doing courses and things like this kind of for a year or two, you know, like you've had this kind of brainchild and been piecing things together and um, like all this knowledge that you've had, we've been talking about for years, you know, like putting it together. Do you feel like this huge emotional piece shifted your priorities for you this year? Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is I think about I think about what I want and what I create time for, like in two different phases of life. That was like pre-Sebastian and post-Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And I think kids play a big role, but also like, it's funny because I just, uh, I had my human design done, which is like an yeah. interesting thing that I'd never actually like del- delved into before. Um, but I had my human design, like whatever mapped up and read. And like, I'm a very like gut and like, gut decision maker. And, um, 
And I'm also a timing thing. So like I have talked about a lot of things. Like I talked about writing a book two years before I wrote a book. Talked about mm-hmm. starting a podcast four years before I started my own podcast. You know, there's just something about like it's weird. Like it's almost like a light switch of like it's go time. And what's happened with having Sebastian is that it's become even more clear to me this visceral response of like I want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I think that's because you're prioritizing and protecting time for your family more than you ever have been just for your partner. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that. For me, the end of, you know, the end of last year, like 2019 was an, an interesting year, like Sebastian was born in October of 2018. And I would say um, until really October of 2019, like I was processing his birth story. I was being, I was a new mom for the first time. I was really protecting my maternity leave, but like seeing certain clients. Um, and then it becomes really into, it became like really a focus that like, if I'm not seeing clients, I'm not making money. If I'm not doing brand deals, I'm not making money. Like I don't want to go like, and I'd always been so protective of like not promoting other brands. So like, Mm -hmm. and always been so protective of my personal time and protecting my own personal wellness. So it was really interesting because I was coming up against this thing of like, okay, I'm the breadwinner. I'm like, um, you know, my, I'm responsible for this child's college, you know, 529, like college savings account and our 401k and like buying our first house and like things like that right now. I don't, I know, I don't think that's like a forever thing for us. And you know, maybe it is, I don't know, but like, it is something that all of a sudden it was like, whoa, little mouth to feed, little mouth I want to hang out with. And, um, and also like, I need to think about more foundational. I've always thought about multiple streams of income since like business school. Like you gotta have five, you gotta diversify, you gotta think outside the box, you gotta have foundational forms of income that pay you when you sleep. You have to like put something, you have to put your effort and name behind something that you really believe in and not, you know, not be like, I don't know, like uh, subject to the man or whatever, you know, like I just hadn't mm-hmm. really, I, re- I don't know if it was like, it's, it's like a sort of the perfect storm right? Getting over the trauma of Bash's birth, having this new book coming out, knowing that like, there are still people out there that are never going to read my books, but they may sit down and watch two hours of video content and download the PDF cliff notes and really be stoked on it. And that's really Mm -hmm. easy for me to explain in podcasts and interviews. And it'd be so easy for me to make a course out of it. So the end of last year, I taped my Fab Four Fundamentals course and then made the decision like I was launching the podcast in January and we were just going to do it. And mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that like, if I don't like it and it doesn't work out, I'm just not going to do it. If I don't like the podcast I taped for that week and it's not really sounding like and, and not resonating for me, I'm just not going to post a podcast that week. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not the kind of person that if it's not perfect, it's not out. And if it's, you know, it, if I'm not meeting certain deadlines, I'm not really mad at myself. Like, yeah, okay. Like I want things to get out on time, but I also am more, more concerned about like, what is it that I'm putting out there and is it helpful? And so, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was, it, it finally, I think having Sebastian and wanting to continue to, to create foundational forms of income and to continue to have time for my family and to continue to think about like, well, I do want three or four kids. So like I need the space and the time to create that family life in a way that that's most important to me, I needed to 
take it a step further and get serious. And like, you know this, like I had pea protein in a warehouse for like five years, but there was something in my gut that was like, well, I got pregnant with Sebastian. I didn't really feel comfortable drinking plant-based proteins right now. And like, I want to stick to like animal-based proteins while I'm pregnant, just lower chance of heavy metals, like less ingredients. Like this doesn't, even though I'm trying to be everything to everyone, it wasn't in alignment with like my true visceral response of like, this is exactly what I need to do. And this is why, and this is a science that backs it. And I could go out and literally like talk about, about why it's better than every other protein powder on the market and be super proud of it. Like if that's the way I feel, I'll do it. And so that's how I felt about the podcast. I leaned into, it was like August or September. So it was actually probably right before Bash's first birthday, like say August or September of 2019. It's really when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really turning my wheels back on and thinking about the future. And, uh, and I sort of started to really focus on not what everyone else was doing and, and being at everyone else's parties and supporting everyone else, which is something I'm prone to do is spread myself thin, say yes to everything, think I can do everything. And I really was like, I can't do everything. I need to focus. It needs to be really targeted. And it needs to be the stuff that I want to do. And I just wrote out the list and I was like, I need to launch my protein powder. I need to launch my course. And I need to launch my podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I saw how amazing it was. Like, it was so fun to launch the course. Like, so mind you, we just talked about like the dumpster fire that was like the first half of the year. <laughs> and then Memorial Day weekend, I launched my Fab Four Fundamentals. So, mind you, I taped it and edited it at the end of 20, you know, the end of the year. And I was like, oh, I'll put it out at the end of my book tour, which obviously was delayed. And with everything, I was just like, I'm just really happy to get it out. Right. So I launched the course. The course comes with videos and downloadable PDFs. And I was like, I want to do Zoom call hours with this to like get to know the class and the people in it and the questions they have. And like then I would iterate. Like there'd be a lot of questions about prebiotics and smoothies, or a lot of questions about blood sugar balance or FAQs on smoothies. And I'm like, we didn't even have that in the video part of the course, but like I can easily make a PDF that's gonna answer all these questions for people. And I continue to learn what my audience wanted and what people were missing from the course iterating, elevating and perfecting it so that it, I feel like it's such a like, not like an encyclopedia, but a really digestible way for people to like get serious about building a healthy lifestyle around blood sugar balance and satiety and like really understanding my philosophy. And then when I saw that that was just like so much easier than spending a year and a half sending edits back and forth <laughs> with an editor after doing a proposal, after seeing the science come out, then seeing the book, then finally like launching the book, then having the book tour plan that like I could literally nuts and bolts a podcast or a course from June 1st to August 15th, tape August 15th and put it out Labor Day weekend. I wrote the Fab Four pregnancy course. Mm. Which honestly is something I feel like has been brewing in your head for a while. Like that, I, I love that you got pregnant and were like, "I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit play on this." Because not only from like an independent, fin- a financially independent standpoint, like online courses are so key, you know, to that. Like, and you can create this content in such a beautiful alternative way. But um, you also had this this brainchild i mean you've been you've been talking about this you you did the own research for for yourself for your own pregnancy with bash you know like you yeah. talked about like um you know like how to 
how to take care of Bash, how to provide nutrients for him once he came out of the womb. You know, like there's so many little brainchilds that I feel like you've had. I love that you had the experience with your your fundamentals course, and then we're like, oh, we're creating a pregnancy course, and you were able to do it in months, and it is so good and so packed and so significant. I mean, people are raving about it and it's such an important piece of content out there for people um, that are pregnant, like that was missing, you know? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I think that's exactly what it was. The Fat for Fundamentals, sometimes you don't know how hard or easy something's going to be or if you like it or don't like it till you try it on. And like, I wasn't really sure about the course thing. You know, I was kind of like, I wrote books. Like, why do I need courses? Mm -hmm. You know, like I have a podcast now. Why do I need courses? But the thing is, is I knew the minute I took taking care of baby sleep course for Sebastian, because I I remember this conversation. You're like, that's what I want. (laughs) Yeah. I was a new mom and there's so many articles on the internet about like why your baby isn't sleeping, how much your baby should be sleeping. And of course, like I'm in PubMed research, like sleep deprivation in children is like, causes cognitive delays and like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I can't, no, the child needs to sleep. I need to like not enable his, or I need to provide an opportunity for him to sleep, not enable bad habits. And like all my friends had raved about her course. And I was like, all right, I'll go take it. You know, almost 150 bucks or something like that. Watch the 10 or 15 videos, get the PDF. She uses acronyms. She makes it easy she makes you feel like you don't need to know everything, but you're in control of supporting this little child that you love so much. And so obviously like this is not a... <laughs> I mean, if you're a new mom, definitely go take her course. But but what it taught me was that sometimes people don't care as much as you care about the science. Like they want the cliff notes. They want the Kelly notes. They want to know, okay, what should I be looking for in my prenatal? What should I be eating to support cognitive development? What are the most common nutrient deficiencies in pregnancy? How do I put those on my plate with real food? Easy. Salmon, eggs, grass-fed beef, leafy greens. Like you want to increase your iodine levels because that's going to have major cognitive delays if you're deficient. One seaweed pack a week, you're good to go. Like it's, it can be as simple as like the, having the acronyms, having the hit list, having the charts. Like it doesn't have to be here, sit down in my 350 page book with all the references and hopefully you take the good stuff out of it. Like we all just sometimes don't have time. And I feel like what courses do is they don't give, they don't make you an expert, but they help you master a, a part of your life where you feel out of control. And so the Fab Four Fundamentals for me was definitely like to give people the control of blood sugar balance if they deal with PCOS, if they have unwanted weight gain and they want to lose weight. They want to build a healthy lifestyle. They want to learn how to have structure in their life around food, which is 80-20 without someone just being like, yeah, just like 80-20, you know, like eat healthy 80% of the time. And, you know, then you can have flexibility. It's like, we still need some light structure in there to help us get that 80-20. And so that's what the Fat Board Fundamentals does. And then with pregnancy, it was like, no one is talking about pregnancy nutrition and all of the articles are incorrect. And the apps that I download are like, yeah, make sure your prenatal has folic acid. And it's like, yeah, well, 50% of the people have a genetic mutation in MTHFR and they're not going to be able to take that folic acid and make it folate and close their baby's neural tube. And you're giving them the wrong information. So (laughs) it's like, but without getting on a soapbox and ranting about that, I was just like, I can make this really easy for you. And it's funny because you're alluding to what I want to do next now, which is like, people need to know how to introduce food to their children. Babylood weeding Mm -hmm. is awesome. 
But when we talk about like taste and preferences and nutrient density for kids and what they need, we know they need DHA. We know they need choline. We know they need amino acids. We know they need a significant iron load because all of those things affect your child's IQ. And if we look at the concentration that stays high in breast milk in the first two years, if someone is breastfeeding, um, those those more, those specific nutrients stay high. And so it's like, then we turn around and the books are like, you want to introduce food to your kid? Let's start with pears or sweet potato <laughs> or carrots. And you're like, no DHA, no choline, no iron, <laughs> no amino acids. Like, But it feels weird to be like, well, we'll start your kids on avocado, egg yolk, and stewed meat or bone broth or sauerkraut juice. And you're like, what is she talking about? It seems foreign, but I could easily make that super easy in a course and be like, super easy. Tablespoon of sauerkraut juice a day. Get them used to those bitter flavors. Get them used to the umami flavors. Get them craving the savory flavors. And then when it comes to their first birthday or their second birthday, yeah, okay. They're going to know their French fries and, and I don't know, uh, cinnamon rolls taste better than probably like a piece of chicken or salmon. But like, you've already laid down that palette template and and really informed their food decisions at a young age and made it easier for them to make those choices. Totally. Oh my so, gosh. I'm like taking down notes. Danny, you need some sauerkraut in your life right now. So that's what's next. Like I know I, that that's, yeah. I know that that one, I just, that'll be probably, and I'm just, when I feel this inspired, I'm like, okay, this is easy. I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen right now. I'm going to do it. Um, And so I'll probably try to put that course together um, after maternity leave and see what I can do. Yeah. Well, I, and I love that now your vehicles courses, because I feel like before you'd feel really inspired about this and you were thinking about products or you were thinking about, um, brands to collaborate with, or you were thinking about, you know, articles that you could write or books, right? You were thinking about, okay, I'm going to write, this is going to be my next book. This is going to be my next book. And, and we've had a lot of conversations about that, but the beauty of courses is one, it's accessible to people right now. And it's also you. Like there's a difference between reading a book and a book is beautiful and it's tangible. And I know books work really well for a lot of people. So it's not to say don't write a book to anyone out there who's listening. But there's something so personal about courses right now, especially when you have those Zoom calls or you're creating those videos where it's just like this. It's you talking about your own experience, like what you've learned in very digestible language. And to me, I feel like that we're in this wave of courses right now and everyone's like, oh, everyone's doing courses. It's like, first of all, not everyone is doing courses. Second of all, there are so many holes out there for people to come in and create these courses on really, really helpful information. Um, and I love that you are now taking these brainchilds and the places you're feeling inspired and you're channeling that to courses so they can be readily available for people so quickly, like so quick. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, they're so quick. And then they're also this living, breathing thing that if I decide like, oh, that is, re- that is relevant enough for me to make another video or to add a PDF or to do some Zoom hours and give people more details. Like it's a living, breathing, virtual thing, as opposed to like every six months getting to do like an update that may be revised at the two year mark on my book. You know, Mm -hmm. and science moves way faster than that. And we are moving way faster than that. So it's, uh, 
yeah, it's kind of crazy, but it's also like, it is really exciting. The hard part with courses is like to feel a little bit like, I felt this way when I wrote my first book too. It's a little bit of an imposter syndrome, a little bit of like, really, am I going to be, am I good enough to be an author? Am I good enough to launch a course? Are people going to pay to like, watch me talk about this stuff? And to kind of really be the person to silence that and even if you need to bounce some ideas off people and see if they're like, wow, that's really cool. I wish I knew that. And if, they, if you're getting that response from someone or if something is applicable to one other human being, there's validation there and you got to go for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, 100%. And, and like you said, you won't know till you try it on. Like you won't really know how you feel, um, the way you're talking, the way you're putting content together. Like, is that working? Is that helpful till you do it? And I guarantee once you put out your first course, you will learn so much. There's no way it's not going to be valuable because everyone's first course is overthought about a million times, right? It's like, what else could I put in there? Did I cover everything? Should I redo this? Does it look nice enough? Is the price point right? Right. And then you get it out there and you get this feedback back that people are. Are like, wow, that was awesome. Or wow, thanks. This was so helpful. Or wow, that checklist is changing my life. And you're like, oh my gosh, like that one tiny piece of the 700 pieces I put in there was like the most valuable. And then you learn so much. And like you said, it's a living, breathing, digital piece of work that you can go in and you can lean into the pieces that people love, that you can edit that course, you can make it better and stronger and more focused. So the most important thing is getting your first one out there, right? Getting it out there, feeling it on. And, and there is nothing better than with an online course to get like the first few deposits into your bank account for that. <laughs> like the feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is what people talk about when they say you create something, you can make the money while you sleep because you have something beautiful and valuable out there. And there's someone in the middle of the night having this question and you are going to solve that for them. Um, it's this win-win situation. And then for you and me, I know that we're, we're constantly evolving our courses, right? So we're constantly making them better. We're constantly hands-on fiddling with them. Um, and it's something that I feel like is just becoming this this evolving piece of our business that feels so personal and yet is the most scalable thing I feel like both of us have either you know experienced. Totally. I mean it's just yeah and the investment in it like it depends on who you are. Like I, I talked to a big influencer client of mine who's got over a million and a half followers on Instagram and she had an idea for a course and um we were just chatting about um a product launch she had and uh you know because I do Surprisingly enough, I do a lot of nutrition consultations, but I also talk a, a lot to female entrepreneurs and friends of mine who have businesses. And we were just chatting and she wanted to know like, what was the course like life? And like, how was it working? And she wanted to launch a course. And she had like, I think like $30,000 quote from someone who was going to like manage her course and come up with her oh, outline man. and like, and then like get a video team on board and do that at like $25,000. And I was like, sister. You put out YouTube videos every damn day. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> there is no way that you're paying for that. Like, here are your expenses. The video and editing team. Use the team you always use. Check. Hair and makeup. I mean, she's like a hair and makeup. Like, she's like a pretty beautiful fashion person that does like hair and makeup tutorials. So I'm like, do it yourself or get dolled up and have someone do it for you. I was like, legal. 
you need someone to write a contract to connect to your video course so that you're not liable for the recommendations that you're making in the course. And then you put the videos up in Kajabi by yourself. (laughs) And she was like, what? And I was like, you are, you have got to be kidding me. Like courses have the lowest barrier to entry and no one is expecting you to have Hollywood quality um, videos. I can get some good lighting for sure, but like you already do that. Like this is more about creating the structure of your courses. Like what is your expertise in? And like narrow it down. Like, I think that's the hardest thing for me is like, I, every time I go to write a book, I want to include everything that I've ever known ever, ever, ever. And my editors are always like, we're editing you down again, yeah, again, like get focused. And so even like for the Fab for Pregnancy course, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about postnatal nutrition and like pre, like the trimester, like three months to six months prior to getting pregnant and like really focus on, I was like, wait, this is about pregnancy nutrition. I will do a little video on getting your body ready to be prepared for pregnancy and a major, like, I think there's like 15 pages on preparing your body for pregnancy, but like it's in PDF form. People are there. A lot of people find out they're pregnant and they're like, shoot, how do I eat? That's what this course is about. I will go into feeding a family, introducing foods to a baby. Those will all be different courses. Like you have to narrow it down and you have to like give people the bite-sized information they want because they don't want everything all at one time. They want what's applicable to them right now. And so she is launching her course and literally... Uh, I don't know, like a couple of weeks. And I talked to her, I want to say it was like two months ago. And the person had had like a launch date of like January. And I was like, no, you move so much faster than that. What are you talking about? Like, it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't, you don't need some expert telling you how to expertly start your course. Like you need to just do a course. And I told her, I was like, my Favor pregnancy course is so much more targeted. It's so much more detailed in a very direct and clear way than even my first course. And that's what's going to happen. As you launch courses, you learn along the way, you really start to understand what the audience wants and you really niche and pick what is the target audience. What are they here for? Give them the answers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And you're right. Like there, I had the exact same experience with my podcast course. I was like going on and on about the equipment that you need for podcasting and was going to do a whole thing on it because that's those are some of the most common questions I get. But what I realized was people that are buying my podcast with Soul Course, they are already they already have a freaking microphone, right? <laughs> like yeah. they're like, I've already decided I want to start a podcast. Like you you better believe I've been dabbing around with a microphone. That was the easiest thing for me to do. Like I went on Amazon and I got the equipment. Now it's collecting dust in my closet because I need someone to pull me through the rest of that. And so I just created like a little pre-course, you know, like I did just one audio and one huge PDF of if you need to know what my equipment recommendations are, here they are in this one spot. But if you're already, you're already beyond that, let's start chunking out your episodes and getting this up on iTunes, right? So it's like, no, but knowing that, knowing where your person is and like at what point in the cycle of their life and at what mindset, like where are they coming to you from? And like, what are the barriers you need to break down for them so they can be successful? Because I feel like that is how you know your course is doing well is when you get those responses from people that are like, oh my gosh, I did not think that 
I could ever do this. And now I have this ranking podcast, you know, like, or for you, like, oh, I did not think I could do this. And now all of a sudden, like, I am eating healthy every day. I've never felt this good. And I literally tweaked it. All I had to do was follow this simple, you know, formula you put together. And it's like life changing for me. Like, I never thought I would have the time to do it. Like, I mean, I've seen what people have said. (laughs) I've had people like come into my DMs and be like, when you introduced me to Kelly, it's changed my life. (laughs) And I'm like, I know, sister, like for sure. Like, but I feel like that is the, um, that is the feedback and the validation that you only get when you put your first course out there, right? You put your first course out there, you finally get that validation and feedback and then you tweak and the next one's better and the next one's better. And um, I, I'm just so freaking pumped. I, I love that the 2020 Dumpster Fire has turned into this incredible thing for you because since you've launched these these few courses and I know you're going to have more, um, that has been such a... Such a beautiful way for people to get more of you and for you to be able to be... You're so connected with people. I mean, your Zoom calls, like people love seeing you. Like I love that sometimes you come on all scrappy and you're just like, hey, like we're here. Like you're you're part of my my crew. Like we're we're having real conversations about what life is actually like and how it's hard to follow these steps and how it's hard to understand and decipher this information. And I'm gonna break it down really quick for you in this like Zoom call. And then they get you in the videos and people are just loving it so much. And and I know it's been insane for your business. It's been so wonderful for you and for Bash and for Chris and the whole family and for your next little nugget. So I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. And Jesus, thank goodness this year has has had some light at the end of the tunnel, huh? Yeah. The biggest light coming of all. Thanksgiving, baby, too. I know, (laughs) right? Uh, Two out of 7 million if you had your choice, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, Kel, I love you. Thank you so much for bearing your soul and having some real conversation with me today. I feel like you people, the thing about you and your Instagram is that people watch it and you're so real naturally on your Instagram. I feel like people do feel like this is it. Like this is, yeah, she's, she's got like, sure. She's like busy today or sure. She's trying to squeeze things in, but that's her, that's Kelly Levesque's lows. You know, those are her low moments. And um, I love that you kind of like raise your hand and we're like, just so you know, there are like a lot other, mm-hmm. there are other lows that we go through that we have to find and navigate our way through. So thanks for sharing that, girl. Yeah. I mean, easy to share with a friend, you know, a little more difficult to be like, hey, thanks for having me on the podcast. This is all the (laughs) shit I've been through in the last two years. (laughs) Like, I don't know, you know, there's just a time and a place and it feels always, it always feels comfortable with you, Kel. So yeah. And I've been thinking about like, maybe some, and we'll talk offline about my podcast and maybe getting some advice from you. But like, I've been thinking about some solo podcasts, just bearing my soul a little bit more and seeing, um, you know, just kind of trying to merge the world so they don't feel so separate, but also being still protective and, and really, uh, I guess, uh, understanding of how my family feels, you know, they didn't sign up to be on social media, but mm-hmm. it's sort of part of their life now. So making sure everyone feels comfortable. Yeah, yeah, some some thoughtful and intentional um I feel like bearing of your soul could be 
really beautiful and special because you have so much to give and you do have the gift of kind of being, you have the ability to be vulnerable and, and people that um, sit down with, for a, you know, a cup of coffee with you and they get you like that, they see it. And when you're comfortable with people and you can build trust really quickly, you are an open freaking book and it's so refreshing and it's what draws people to you. So I love the idea of finding a way for that to shine a little bit more in your brand while still being so thoughtful and intentional um, of the rest of the people in your family. Because I have to do the same thing, you know, with Call and and everybody else here and thinking about your kiddos growing up and, you know, what what your their level of comfort is and also what's going to honor you allowing that gift to, you know, um, shine. So... Totally. I love it. We're we're going to get off this. And yes, we're going to dig deep into that conversation next. Love it. Thanks, Kelsey. You're the best. Thank you for listening to Be Well by Kelly. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at bewellbykelly.com and follow me on Instagram at bewellbykelly. I would love if you picked up my books, Body Love and Body Love Every Day. They're sold on Amazon and at all major booksellers. 